Hello and welcome to another episode of the Life After Cardiac Arrest podcast with me, your host, Paul Swindell. Today I'm joined by cardiac arrest survivor Ingrid Gardner. Welcome, Ingrid. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, yeah. It's, a, it's special. It's the uh, 7th of October today, but yesterday was a very special anniversary for you, wasn't it? It was. It was my third rebirth day yesterday, and I spent the day with all of my family and some of my friends uh, eating cake and drinking coffee. We had a lovely day, nice and chilled out, but um, just what the doctor ordered is like touching base with all the friends and family. So, yeah, had a lovely day. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Do you, do you feel like you're normalising your anniversaries now, not having to go out and do anything special and shout about it? No, um, a few weeks ago, I thought, right, I'm going to organise it and have a big party and, um, you know, have a big celebration. It treat it as a, my normal birthday, um, but that never came about and I couldn't be bothered in the end. So uh, it was coffee and cake. But I think as time has gone on, um, it's, it still does feel like a special day and I think it needs some sort of recognition. But um, I'm just going to wing it from now on and see how I feel at the time and if it ends up being a big party, it ends up being a big party. If it ends up being coffee and cake, then that's fine too. It sounds a good plan. Yeah. Well, you, you did sort of celebrate it in one way by uh, posting a, a really lovely blog post into the group. And I I shared that out onto the uh, the website as well, onto the wider world, because I thought it, was, uh, it had some real great sentiments behind it. Could you tell me a little bit what your reasoning behind writing it and some of your thoughts about it? just the main reason is to and that I put it on the group as well it was just to try and inspire and reassure newer survivors that are sort of very new in their recovery well and and ones that are sort of fairly well into their recovery because I just want others to to know that it's not all doom and gloom and as rotten as you might be feeling actually it's all quite a normal path and to follow um and that it does get better and you can get back to being you and having fun and um, having some sort of normality back in your life with a new you. Um, it's taken me three years to get there and to be comfortable with who I am again, but I'm liking the new me. So, yeah, if it if it helps and inspires others, then, you know, I've, I've done what I set out to do because it is a tough place to be when you're in your recovery, as you well know. Absolutely, especially the early days when it's all very new to you and you there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of uncertainties all around it yeah absolutely absolutely and I you know I've so sort of yeah I used my birthday yesterday as just sort of to reflect how far I've come and and what I've achieved um in those three years um and just to be really grateful that you know I've got a second chance and that I that I don't have to let what happened to me define me, um, but I can live alongside it and um, be the new me and enjoy the new me. <laughs> no, it was as, as I said, some great sentiments in there, and you touched on a couple of things which um, I wanted to bring up in this podcast because we're just uh, a week or so after the big event, the Not Alone event. Yeah. And you mentioned about going to meetups and I just thought perhaps we could uh, 
talk about your sort of journeys of going to various meetups and what they've what you've gained from them and your and your thoughts about them I mean yeah can, can you remember the, the first event that you went to of a cardiac arrest survivor yeah I'd, I found SCA UK sort of fairly early in my recovery um, and then I became aware of um, a SADS conference um, in London. I think it was November. I'm sure it's November 2017. And I took my mum and my sister along. I bought tickets and we went. And um, I found it really, really beneficial. And I'd only ever had sort of social media interaction with other survivors at that point. And um, it took an enormous amount of courage um, and physical effort because I was still sort of quite fatigued at the time um to sort of get on the train and go to London it was you know it's not an easy journey from here it's a a couple of hours and um that with the you know the physical uh issues as well as the emotional ones it was quite a tough journey to make um but once I got there and I sort of heard the speakers and had interacted with um one or two of the other survivors uh, at coffee time and stuff, I I felt like I'd found some family. I felt like I had, it it was a really strange feeling because even though you were all complete strangers, it felt like, it felt like that all of a sudden made a new family and we'd all got something in common that had brought us all together. Um, And I sort of, so I've made some in unlikely friends because generally some of the friends that I have made, I wouldn't have come across in my day-to-day life before SCA. Um, I found the day enormously emotional um, and physically and as well as uh, mentally. Um, and I got on the train and it's sort of, <laughs> I sort of burst into tears and I think I cried all the way home and it weren't unhappy tears. They were just... It was just having been overwhelmed by the emotions and meeting other people who who just understood what had happened to me and could completely relate to me. Um, the second event I went to was in Birmingham um, just less than a year later. Um, and that was a big one for me because that was completely on my own. I got on the train from here and it's an hour's journey and... So whereabouts are you? I'm in Rutland, where the event was last weekend. Um, so to get on the train to Birmingham, it's about an hour. And, and the previous one in London, how far away was that? So how did you? How far did you travel for that? It's a half an hour car journey, and then about an hour and ten minutes on the train, and then obviously we had to get to the destination in London. So both of them for me were uh, massive things to do because I'm not. I'm quite shy <laughs> um, although people are disagreeing with me on that one um I'm quite shy and to and nervous and to get on a train on my own it was just unheard of before I had my SCA I just would never have it would have been well out of my comfort zone I wouldn't have done it without somebody else with me um but now I don't sort of think twice about it I've sort of got a newfound inner confidence that I've got to I've got to get up and go kind of attitude now with it so so the, the the first one in London probably took you a couple of hours to get to but you're with some other people and I just sort of rate bringing that up so that other people if they're thinking about whether uh, they can't go because it's too far to travel would you say that it was worth those two hours of sort of 
nervous journey oh absolutely and and every meetup that or event that I've been to since it's always worth the travel I I I don't really care how far it is I'm I'm not on a I don't have a big budget to spend on these events and journeys and things but for me um meeting other survivors and their families and all the doctors and the um everybody that are at these events for me the the um the benefits are immeasurable um from meeting other survivors from meeting people who get it who understand because it's like i said in my blog yesterday um until you go and meet these other survivors you, it's, it's a really really lonely place to be um because nobody kind of understands it from your point of view family have got their own trauma and they're dealing with it in their own way um and but they've got each other to discuss it with and to talk things over but you as the survivor have got no one so for me going to these things it's just uh, it's heartwarming and it makes me feel um not alone and um, it's definitely, definitely something I would recommend every time. It's not for everybody. And some people, you know, deal with their recovery in their own way. And if they don't want to meet other survivors, that's fine. Um, but for me personally, and I know for a few of the friends that I've made, these events are definitely worth the journey. Definitely worth the journey. Um, I'd travel to the other end of the country if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly have sometimes, I think, to various things. It feels like it anyway. <laughs> so so you're saying the next one, you went on your own to Birmingham? Yep. I went. I got on the train to Birmingham. Um, there was about a dozen of us there, I think, from what I can remember. Um, and again, this is something, you know, I met more new survivors and their loved ones. Um, and again, um, massive challenge for me to get there. Um, with the anxiety and the nervousness and even the emotional worry. Um, but once I'd got there, it was it was like I would gone home. I was welcomed with open arms from one of the other survivors that met me at the station eventually because we got lost. Um, and even that was sort of like, it, it, became, it became part of the adventure for me. Um, and went to the meeting we were there sort of a good few hours all afternoon and I think I left sort of about eight o'clock in the evening to get the train home and again somebody came to the train station with me and made sure that I'd got on the train okay and because I was on my own and I was really nervous but when I was sat on the train on the way home having had a, a wonderful afternoon chatting and swapping stories with the other survivors and their families I just sort of sat and reflected um and I felt so much more confident um and at ease with my emotions and um again it was knowing that other people were there that got it and understood it and that I didn't feel that I was on my own in my recovery um and it was just it was a magical day again meeting everybody and it's something that I still hold dear in my heart now um because it was it was life-changing for me that meeting those people that day it was at that point that I you know on the train on the way home that I realized that I'd got a new confidence and that I was going to be okay and that it wasn't all as bad as it at first seemed in those early days so yeah really good positive outcome for me uh, that's brilliant and get Garriford to take some credit in that because he organized the uh the Birmingham meetup the, back then I think so 
He did. And it was him that came and met me at the station as well. So, <laughs> And I'd, I'd seen him in um, London the year before. So it was a nice to see a familiar face. And he'd got, and I was worried that I wouldn't recognise him, but he'd got his T-shirt on, his, his SCA UK T-shirt. So I, And I did recognise him straight away, thankfully, because I thought, oh God, my memory might be terrible and I might not <laughs> remember him, but I did. And it was... Um, it was just lovely to see him again and um we we've become friends i think since then as well so um yeah it was good Brilliant. really good thanks gareth <laughs> and then the next time was probably uh that last summer was it it was it was the um guinness world record um attempt um and again that was a um that was an amazing day without even um meeting the other survivors and things because it was a chance to catch up with um some of the guys that I'd already met and made friends with and we'd had interactions over the group and things and privately um but what an achievement you know to something that I'd never have even dreamed that would happen to me is to go and set a Guinness world record so that in itself was just brilliant the day itself with all the activities and um workshops and one thing or another that were there absolutely brilliant um very informative um and I got a lot more from that than I did um at the conference the year before because it was a completely different setup but that you know again meeting the other survivors that I'd made friends with meeting other new survivors who I'd seen quite active on the group um was just phenomenal um and again I came away from you know the party and everything afterwards I came away from that um feeling like another a whole new person again and having reached parts of my recovery that I I didn't expect um and it was just it was just a really really lovely brilliant thing to be able to do physically emotionally um it was just amazing and um you know it was great to be a Guinness world record holder as well (laughs) you know so and you know just learning the statistics and all these sort of the maths of behind um survivorship and um and all that sort of stuff that's quite um phenomenal as well so to learn you know about you and your how miraculous your recovery is as well as then to make friends with all these other little miracles uh it's just it's mind-blowing and i'm really glad i was able to take part yeah uh sort of brings us nicely into uh, what happened last week and you mentioned it earlier about how you you didn't feel alone when you went to uh, one of the other meetings because it's sort of like one big happy family yeah and that that was the the title of last week's event yeah. um in your back garden almost in uh in not alone yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were partly to blame for it being it that uh fan- I won't say blame, actually. I should retract that because uh, it was absolutely fantastic venue, <laughs> the uh, Barnsdale Hall Hotel on the edge of uh, Rutland Water, which, um, yeah. as I mentioned, is, is sort of you were the one of the ideas about coming up to uh, that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've used Barnsdale Hall many times. Um, I even worked there as my first Saturday but Saturday job as a chambermaid, put my teeth back in. Um, and I sort of like looking around the local area when we were looking for venues. Um, I'd sort of made ve- many visits to various places and it was Barnsdale that sort of really stood out for me. Um, I felt that it got a really good balance of things that we needed for the Not Alone event. Um 
it certainly lived up to my expectations apart from the blinking weather because <laughs> it rained all weekend didn't it but um it's a great venue and I'm you know I'm blessed to have it on my back doorstep and I probably don't use the local area anywhere near as much as I should but um yeah again it was it was amazing that it came here and a successful event was had by all, I think. Absolutely. Uh, one thing you just said there about the, the countryside or the, the surrounding area, I think that's one thing that a lot of people were taken by, how beautiful it was around that area. And I think possibly it's a, a shame, really, that we all tend to sort of zoom past there on the way to perhaps other bigger well-known areas in the country like the Peak District or uh, the Lake District of Wales or whatever. Um it looked like it had quite a lot to offer yeah. so it was a shame that uh didn't have more days here really although uh a couple of people did <laughs> opt to stay an extra night and I think they made good use of that the next day yeah I know certainly one of the survivors he him and his girlfriend went and um saw some of the local sites and I think they went to the falconry the local falconry and one of the gardens that used to be used for gardeners world um on bbc one many years ago and i remember it as a child being filmed but i've never actually been there which is a terrible thing to say isn't it but i will now um and uh, yeah it was it was lovely that people sort of gave me a new view of my local area as well because when you live somewhere you forget its beauty you just take it for granted and you know so having that on the doorstep uh, last weekend has, has opened my eyes again to how wonderful it is here and living here uh, it's it's just beautiful and I'm blessed. <laughs> mm -hmm. You are. And uh, so the event last week, it was a different format to ones that we had had previously. Um, so how do you think that worked in the fact that we had sort of the, the main auditorium with um, a number of speakers, uh, myself and Tom, we had uh, Professor Barbara Wilson talking about you know, brain injuries and memory issues and then um, Donna Malley talking about fatigue. Um, then we had uh, lunch, didn't we? I think. And then there was the Anne Jolly MBE talking about uh, SADS and their work with the followed up with a, an absolutely amazing uh, personal talk from Charlotte about her her experience and her the way that she's giving back and doing doing it for DFib, and that was yeah. just uh, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house no. that day <laughs> or at that point um, no I don't think there was bless her she did amazingly well you know and um I hope that she gained as much out of her speech as what we all did as well because it was certainly emotional and uh, I you know I hope that Charlotte's recovery is um progressed from last weekend because of the feedback that she's had um, but yeah, I, certainly last weekend, I, from my own personal point of view, um, I found it really beneficial. Some of the things I'd um, heard at other events, um, but there were still snippets of those things that um, were still relevant. And actually, I did learn new things in some of those speeches. Others, like the fatigue and the memory, big, big thing for me, um, both of those Um and it was it was good to hear that I'm not going as crazy as what I thought I was, and it is all absolutely normal in the grand scale of things. Um, so yeah, the the, the speakers were definitely um, fantastic, uh, and I gained a lot from that. Um, 
it was well set up day as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's uh, there's a couple of timing issues, but that happens wherever you go with whatever you do. That's you know, it's just one of those things because there's always lots of people that want to gain more information, and you know, why wouldn't you when you're going through this? Um, and um, it was it it was just humbling to know that I was not the only one in that room that had got all these thoughts and feelings and worries and doubts about my recovery and actually all these the speakers just sort of confirmed that we are all going through a normal recovery um and for me it was it was a it was a great day um sadly I had to miss a couple of bits and bobs that I wanted to listen to all the way through because of the bits that I had to go off and do as part of the event team but um I certainly got a lot from the day as a survivor and um, I'm really glad that we managed to get it here and thankfully it was on my doorstep and I got the most out of the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great to hear. I mean, with regards to your, mem- what well, you mentioned, your memory and um, and fatigue, how have they progressed for you in the last three years? Um. My memory has is, is improved no ends. I mean, when I was sort of first in coming out of intensive care, uh, my friends nicknamed me Dory the Goldfish because she my memory was as bad as hers. Um, and um, sort of, I kept repeating myself. Um, I would ask questions all the time because I'd forgotten that I'd asked them. Um, I hadn't got a clue why I was where I was. Um, so short term memory was just abysmal um my memories of of back then are very patchy um if somebody you know if somebody asked me to recall a certain time when I was in hospital wouldn't be able to recall it but if they reminded me I'd be able to go oh yes I you know I remember that and I could tell them a little bit about it um my memory has improved dramatically but it's still not brilliant um I'm rubbish at forgetting a birthday I, I keep forgetting birthdays and appointments um and I'm normally a really organized person and wouldn't ever forget a birthday or an appointment um so I've had to make lots of apologies over the last couple of months uh, or a couple of years and um the fatigue um it comes and goes it's a lot better than it ever was um I think it depends how busy I've been and um, how stressed I am. That they certainly have a factor in it, and with my memory, um, I find myself sort of saying to my family now, "If I've told you this before, just tell me so that I don't repeat to them." Um, and I quite often find myself saying, "Have I said to this to you before?" <laughs> um, so it's. Um, it's, but I've I've learned to live with it. I've learned to live with what my memory is. Um, I've you know you make adjustments in your own life. Um, I am one for not saying yes to anything until I've had a look at my calendar because I write everything that I remember on my calendar. Um, and I did get to a point at one point where I was keeping a calendar, a diary, and using the calendar on my phone and trying to keep all three updated. So that I'd always got something wherever I went to say, yes, I can do that or no, I can't. But that obviously became quite a difficult thing to achieve. So I just went back to using my calendar. Um, and that's like my lifeline. It's my little Bible. Um, I don't do anything without checking it first. Um, 
And the fatigue, yeah, comes and goes. Um, like I said, when I'm stressed or tired, it seems to be worse or if I've been particularly busy. However, um, the busier I am, even though I do get really tired, actually I feel better in myself. I feel more energetic. I'm not so um, lethargic. If I am busier, it just I just sleep a lot better and a lot longer at night, I think, and, and recover that way rather than having to take days on the sofa like I did in the early days where I'd sort of like walk up a flight of stairs and have to lay down at the top just because I couldn't have the, I didn't have the energy to get back down again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly improved no end. Um, but sometimes I surprise myself with how good I am and, you know, how good my memory is. And then it goes all to pot again for something else another day. So ups and downs, but mainly massively, massively improved. And I can, I can cope with it. I can live alongside it quite well now. Uh-huh. It's great to hear that you've improved so much and also the, the sort of key yeah. thing there I think is you, you're finding out your own strategies for coping with it as well because yeah. I think from uh, what we learned last week, you know, there's perhaps not – it your body will help fix itself and that does take time but yeah. I don't think there's any sort of magic yeah. pills or anything like that that doctors can give you to just get over these things just like that. And it's all there's still a lot of unknowns yeah. with regards to fatigue, uh, especially and and uh, memory issues. That you know, coming up with yeah. strategies is one of the key ways of of moving forward, if you like. Yeah, and I, you know, and I've said to many other survivors in posts on the group and things that. Um, you know, just take t- take the time to recover. Don't try and rush it. Don't have too many expectations of yourself because if you expect too much from yourself, you're always going to be disappointed with how your recovery is going. Um, you know, and that goes for your memory and your fatigue as well. Look after yourself. You know, rest when your body's telling you to rest. Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to recover there's no you know time on it you know there's some days where I still think this is a tough day um thankfully for the most part I get on quite well every day but um you know it's we've got to look after ourselves as well as learning new strategies to cope with our new you know how our bodies are new and you know experiencing life again if you like um and it's a tough lesson to learn, but you do get there. And, you know, um, and I didn't think that I knew my body quite as well as I do, but this has really taught me a lot about myself physically and mentally. So, um, yeah, I know when I need a rest now, and today is one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking time out of your rest to chat with me. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm sat on the sofa in my pyjamas, so... <laughs> It's so one of the, the points you were just talking about there sort of uh it reminds me of what Angela Hartley was saying in her talk uh, which was just after Charlotte um she probably had the hardest slot to follow after Charlotte didn't she and talk, talking about exercise and uh getting back to recovery one of her take-homes um was that you should sort of just go things in a steady manner and improve gradual or try and up your what you're doing in just tiny little increments don't stress your body your body is has taken a lot out of it the trauma that you've gone through and it does take a long time to recover so don't don't try and uh, do silly things too quickly yeah 
Well, don't rush. Yeah, and you know, and it and it's been a very very gradual uh, recovery physically for me. Definitely, I mean, um, there's no way when I live in a two story, ha- a three story house. So for me, two flights of stairs when I first got out of hospital was a massive massive challenge. Um, and it used to sort of take me 10 minutes to get up two flights of stairs, but now I can run up them without even both sets, without even thinking about it. Um, but that's, you know, it's taken sort of two and a half, three years to get to that point. Uh, and I think the, the turning point on my physical recovery as well was when I, um, started doing some exercise classes that I'd never dreamt I would ever do before my SCA, let alone afterwards. Um, and, just being a little bit more physical and actually getting in finding an exercise class that I enjoy um has been a massive turning point for me and I have gained more strength physically um because of those classes and so I definitely recommend doing something when you when you're up to that point you know because it it takes a while for you know everybody's at a different point even if you just go out for a five minute walk eventually and that's all you can ever manage then that's you know that's fine as long as you're doing something I think and Certainly, um, the physical recover helps the emotional recovery as well. Because you probably increased your social circle as well as doing the physical aspect of it. Because I believe you've taken up a couple of unusual type of uh, physical activities, haven't you? Or unusual from (laughs) my point of view. Yeah, they're unusual from my point of view as well. Whenever I sell it to anybody, they're like, oh, my goodness me. Yeah, so I... um, took up a year ago Irish dancing classes um I'm still not very good but we have entered a competition and I came sixth out of about 12 and they podium the first five so that was quite an amazing thing um and I also do a gymnastics class with other adults um and I never dreamt, you know, I did gymnastics as a kid and I never dreamt that I'd be able to do a forward roll or a handstand or a cartwheel or even a somersault or get on the beam or or anything like that. And here I am sort of 10 months later, because I started that in sort of January time. Um, I can do a handstand and well, I'm not very good at them, but I can just about do them and cartwheels and um and I can do a forward roll and I can do a somersault on like the air track, which is, uh, is like a big long bouncy castle, which is brilliant fun. Um, and it absolutely takes it out of me by the end of the session. I'm a, a sweaty, achy mess, but the, the, um, things that I get out of it, um, physically are amazing. And I feel so much better having done these things. Um, learning the dance steps for the Irish dancing is quite a challenge. Um, it's quite a tricky thing to learn anyway, because um, it's sort of, you know, the fastest feet ever. Um, so it takes me a little bit longer than the other girls to, or the other ladies to, to learn the steps, but I get there and I don't practice when I'm at home, which I should, but I don't. And um, I get there eventually, but it's, it's not about being perfect for me. It's just about the fun and, you know, do something that I've always wanted to do. So, um, ah. yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little, little unusual. unusual but <laughs> it, it, it probably works in ways that you don't realise and that you're uh, not only improving your physical uh, self, but also your brain's having to think of new things to do and it will be rebuilding new pathways yeah. um, and helping your, your uh, get over the injury that is sustained a couple of years ago. So, it's a win-win, really. 
you know, and I think testing your brain um, is a good way to help it recover as well, because, you know, it might not, my brain might not ever get any better than it is now, but at least, you know, I've learned how to get around it and to, to, to cope with it. Um, yeah, but learning the dance steps, I don't think it's ever going to be easy. <laughs> I've just got to add that you were showing some of your uh, skills on Saturday night at the, uh, the party, weren't you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's all about fun. I just, I, do you know what? I just wanted to let my hair down and let rip and just go out and have fun. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and I can, I can be like that, even if I haven't had a few glasses of Prosecco. So, um, you know, it's just, um, I just want to go out and have fun and embrace where I've been for the last three years and how far I've come. So, yeah, Saturday, Saturday was all about that and just letting my hair down and letting rip on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant to see. And uh, when you've been through all the sort of things that you've been through, it's great to see people are still able to do all of that. And all that stuff that you were talking about, the gymnastics, the, the rolling and the dancing, and you've got an ICD, haven't you? I have, so it, yeah. Yeah, and it's something you know i do i do take that into consideration with some of the moves i do the dancing is not a problem because you know your arms are by your side for the majority um but the gymnastics is certainly something that i'm well aware of um i wear a, a, a good um sports bra because that really helps support the area um where my icd is because the strap holds it quite tight against you know in, into my chest um I've not got to the point where I'm swinging around bars or anything like that. Um, but I do have to be careful when I am using the bar apparatus so that I don't overstretch my arm until it's got a bit of muscle, a bit more muscle strength in it. So, um, but I, I suppose, you know, and I'd like I said in my blog yesterday that I didn't think I'd ever be able to ignore my ICD, but I do for the most part. So I do sort of sometimes overdo it and forget that it's there. And then I've got achy aches the next day um around the area but um I don't want to let that stop me doing things that I enjoy either so um yes I'm careful most of the time but occasionally I do forget about it um you know when I'm doing physical stuff but um again that's not something you know I'm lucky enough um touch wood that my ICD hasn't had to do any work um apart from the odd bit of pacing um, when I have a few palpitations, but um, no shocks administered, um, which I'm thankful for, of course. Um, but And I can feel it. It's there. I know it's there. Um, but I've, I've learned, again, it's something I've learned to live with and for the most part ignore. So, um, yeah, definitely not something to stop you in your tracks or you shouldn't let it stop you in your tracks it's just a little device and it's there doing its job whether you're busy or whether you're mm -hmm. not absolutely no it's, it's great to hear that you you know you said you didn't even uh sort of realize it's there some other time which is I, I i'm getting that way as well i don't really take much notice of it now occasionally uh when i'm yeah. have to lift something above my head or something like that but very very infrequently now um which is sort of it sort of shows yeah. where we've gone or how far we've come, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's really strange because I suffer in both elbows with tennis elbow, and um, and I'm undergoing physiotherapy for that at the minute, and it's that that bothers me more than my ICD, and yet my ICD is a foreign body, 
in my body and um that's not something that you know bothers me my elbows do more than anything else oh so yeah it's it's something that you can you know learn to live with and sort of forget about for the most part so okay just to sort of uh wrap up your journey what would you uh, about going to events what would you say to anyone else thinking about attending event i mean obviously the not a lot of loans just passed but we're hoping that we can set up uh some coordinators across the country so that we can have more um frequent small events. um and what would you say to anyone who's thinking maybe i should attend one of those well um for me i found meeting and talking to other survivors enormously beneficial um for my own recovery um it's given me hope and reassurance that things um will and do get better in time um it is nerve-wracking the first time you go and meet people but the benefits um of meeting others who get it far outweigh anything else um meeting others like I said earlier may not be for everyone but I couldn't recommend it highly enough um I'm glad I took that first brave step to go to that first meeting and you know I haven't looked back since um I've made some amazing friends um, during these um, meetups and events. Um, and these friends, like, it's like I said in my blog, they, they're a, it's a different relationship with these new friends than it is of my of other friends from before my SCA because it's, it's almost a, um, a comradeship of others who absolutely just understand where you're coming from. Um, and I don't think, um, I just, yeah, I just wouldn't be the person I am today without having met other survivors. I think it's been vital in my recovery. Um, and I know it has in one or two of the others who I've, you know, become friends with. I know that it's, it's, they've found it hugely beneficial as well. Um, and it is, it's just, it is that whole family feeling. It's, it's, you know, you come away from these meetings, you know, you, you hit the ground again. It's and not for a, a bad way. It's, it sort of restores your faith in human nature a little bit. And, um, it grounds you, it brings you back to earth and sort of brings you back to yourself and to realize that life is worth living. And it's, it's definitely worth making new friends and coming to these meetups because it's just, you know, like I said, without, these new friendships there's no way my recovery would have been what it is because my family and my pre-SCA friends just don't get it from my point of view um and that's a lonely place to be so the loneliness has gone um for me completely now and there's always somebody I can turn to away from the group um you know that from the support I don't that I sometimes don't get from there I can get it from the new friends that I've made um and I wouldn't be without it it's just been amazing for me I feel all emotional now (laughs) and do you find that your interactions have changed coming to these meetings as you've progressed through your recovery over the years I do um in the early days it was very much about finding me um knowing that I wasn't alone in my recovery and that all these thoughts and feelings and twinges and things were all absolutely normal that I was experiencing um and now down the line I can hopefully um 
help and inspire newer survivors and their families and just to reassure them that everything that they're going through um, and feeling is absolutely normal and that, you know, in time um, things will improve um, and in sort of three or four years' time they'll be looking back and going, I can go forward and help another person. Um, and I suppose that's what helping out at events and things has done for me is, is enabled me to give a little bit back because I've had so much from the group and the interactions that, you know, I can now give a bit back and hopefully inspire and help people along the way. And I think you are indeed. Uh, judging by the feedback on your post yesterday, you're definitely doing that. So well done to you. And thank you very much for sharing your your thoughts on uh, going to meetups for the last few years. They've been really enlightening and hopefully hopeful for other people thinking about going to a meetup as well. So thank you very much, Ingrid, and uh, hopefully I'll speak to you soon. No problem. <laughs>